Okay, we're at the top of Kavzayin. I'm a bet at the two dots. We've been talking about Mishmarot and Ma'amadot. Again, Mishmarot being the Kohanim and the Leviyim who serve in the, in the Beit HaMikdash. And the Ma'amadot being the equivalent for Yisrael, where they, um, some of them maybe went to Yerushalayim and sort of hung around there, but primarily they would stay at home, but they would gather together in the shuls, and we saw they would read from the Sefer Torah, specifically from um, the beginning of, of uh, Parsha Breshit. Sigmar says, Yisrael Mishmar Mitkansin Breshit. That's like, we're about eight lines down. From where do we understand this idea that uh, they would read from Maaseh Breshit? Like, why is that the thing that the Dafka should be reading? So, Amr Rabbi Yaakov Baracha, Amr Rabbi Asi, Umalei Ma'amadot, Lo Nitkaimu Shamayim Ba'aretz. So, Rabbi Asi is telling us that if not for the Ma'amadot, that sort of, you know, are able to support um, the, uh, the, the Avod and the Beit HaMikdash, the, the heavens and the earth wouldn't, uh, wouldn't uh, remain. So the idea is that like through these ma'amadot, on some level, there is a uh, support for the entire creation, and therefore it's relevant to read about creation. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, Vayomer Hashem Elohim, excuse me, Vayomer, this is Avram, during Brave Benedict God, uh, Avram said, Hashem Elohim, Vama'eda ki irashana, how will I know that I will inherit it? Right? Hashem made all these promises, and Avram wants to know, how is this going to, how do I know it's going to work? So the Gemara explains as follows, Amar Avraham, Avram was saying as follows: Rebbeinu Shalolam, Master Universe, Shema Yisrael Chotin Lefanecha, Ata Oselahem Kedor Hamabur, Amabul Uchador Hapelaga. So he says, uh, God, maybe Bnei will sin, and so even though, even though you made all these promises, maybe you'll you'll do to them like you did to generation of the flood and the generation of the separation, right? The, the uh, and there's the Migdal Babel story. So Amrlei Love, Hashem said, Nope, I will not do that. So he said to him, So he said, let me know, how will, I, how will this work? How will I inherit all this? Take me uh, this special to this calf and this uh, goat, this very, you know, like a fatty calf and fatty goat, etc., etc. And they take all these animals and do this little korban, essentially. What's the idea? Um, look at Rashi here. Uh, I think Rashi says something here about this, if I remember. Um, uh, I guess not. Okay, I, I think the idea here is that uh, what he's showing is that through this korban, like you're going to cut up these animals, that is sort of the, the method by which he ensures the continuity. Amr, uh, um, he goes as follows. Amr lefanav, Rebbeinu shalolam. So, so Avram's response is, Hashem, tenach bezman shabet midash kayam. Granted that the time that the Beit Midash exists, I understand that this avoda, like these korbanot, will uh, be effective to support sort of the, our continuity. But there's no Beit HaMikdash, what's going to be with them? Like, it's going to be terrible. I already arranged for them the order of the Korbanot, meaning the Parshiot of Korbanot. At the time when they read them before me, and if you read even in the Torah about the Korbanot, I will consider it for them as though they offered them. And then, and then I will forgive them for all their sins. So what you see here is that through the Korbanot, B'nai Yisrael achieve kapara for their sins, and that's why our continuity is guaranteed. I'll one second. Okay? And so the idea is, if we are being, uh, the avodah is so essential, and 
the way we support the avoda as Yisraelim is by, uh, excuse me, and that avoda sort of uh, is what upholds the world. So what we can do at the time when there's a ma'amad is we can read from Ma'aseb Breshit, which symbolizes that the avoda that's been done in the Beit HaMikdash is also what we would do, uh, is, is what's actually supporting the world. Yeah. Uh, if what Hashem is promising here is the continuity of the Jewish people, then how is it possible that after Chetat Egel, he could even have the, the notion that he would like to That's a good question. That's a good question. So I think what you would say in that circumstance is that because Moshe is going to stay alive, that sort of does allow for, like technically speaking, this descendant of Avram. But you're right. Otherwise, it's a tricky, it's a tricky issue there. Um, yeah. I mean, there certainly are parallels. I think even in Shad between what Hashem wants to do to Jewish people then and Dormammu. Yes. Yes, that's certainly right. Dormammu was the whole world. With, with Moshe, it's just the Jewish people. No, but, yeah. but you're saying like this ultimate, you're saying it's ultimate destruction. This Gemara seems to be saying like, no way, there's no way. It can't possibly be, be so. Yeah. Um, okay, but I think, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's what we would say. I think that's a, maybe it's a, maybe it's an overly simplistic answer, but I think. Um, okay. Tanu Rabbanan. So we learned in the Baraita, Anshem Mishmar Hayumit Palalim Al Korban Achehem Shit Kabel Baratzon. So the people of the Mishmar, they would daven for the Korban of their brother that it should be accepted well. Okay, and that's what sort of, they would sort of uh, hope that their, the korban that the fellow kohanim are offering would be accepted. The anshei ma'amad mit kansin lebeit hakaneset, and the people of the ma'amad would come into the shul. Ve'yoshvin arba taniyot, as we mentioned, there's four fast days they observe. B'sheni b'shavah b'shlishi b'shavirvi'i u'bechamishi. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What are they diving for specifically? So it says b'sheni al yordei hayam. On Mondays they would sort of be focused on the those who travel by sea. Bishlishi al Hokim Midbarot on Tuesday for those who travel in the desert. Birvi al Askara Shalotipola Latino code. On the fourth on Wednesday it was dabbling for Askara, which is um I think we say croup, some type of like a an um respiratory ailment that would could potentially fall on small children and could lead to their death. So we dabbing for that. And Bechamishi al Ubarotu Minikot. And Thursday for pregnant women and nursing women, Ubaroshalo Yapilu. For pregnant women, so they shouldn't miscarry. And for nursing women, that they should be able to nurse their children properly. Let's just look for a second. And the Rashi says, Why is that relevant? That Monday, that Monday should be for the people who travel by sea. It says, For Yom HaSheni, it says on the Torah, So it's mentioning the water, I guess. So we mentioned this idea about water. So water is sort of the thing. And then continue in the Rashi. Bishlishi al hochim nidbarot to sleep at teirayeh yabasha. Okay, the, the 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 ground, the dry ground should be seen. To hiruyah yabasha lahochel. So the yabasha, the dry ground, should be like a like a fitting for those who travel. That shelo yizoku v'nei chayot raot. They shouldn't be damaged by wild animals. Continue in the Rashi. Biravia la askara shaboni tulu hame orot because um, the the um, the luminaries, right, like the sun and the moon. Are placed on Wednesday. This is a nice little play on words. It says the things that light up. And it's the same language as which means curses. I guess they say, okay, so what's the type of curse? I guess that's why children would die from some type of disease. And Ubarot, why? That the Shratim, uh, that the, uh, the, the fish and the water should multiply. So that's the idea that that's Thursday is like the day for the uh, for the. Uh, 
Okay, back in the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Be'erov Shabbat lo hayu mitamni mipek for the Shabbat." Friday they wouldn't fast because of Kol Shabbat, so they can get ready. Kavachomer b'Shabbat atzma, and all the more so on Shabbos itself they wouldn't fast. Okay, how about be'echad b'Shabbat mitam alo? So what's the reason that they don't fast on Sunday? Amar Rabbi Yochanan mipnei hanutzrim. At least in my version says that. Rabbi Yochanan said because of the Christians. Right, the Christians keep Sunday as a holy day. They say that's their Sabbath, so we don't want to acknowledge that that's a special day. So we don't even uh, recognize it at all. Okay, Rabbi Shmuel says no, that's not the reason. Sunday is different; it's the third day of Yitzirah. I mean, the human beings were created on Friday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday. That's the third day after being created. Who cares about that? Look at Rashi: Shlishi Yitzirah. Whenever you have a third day after like a significant, let's say, I don't know, uh, operation or something like that, that always is the weakest. As it says, right, after the people of Shechem right, got the Brit Milah, so on the third day, that's when they were the weakest. So, so too, we're like symbolically weak on Sundays, so it's not relevant to fast and then on that day. Reish Lakish, Amar, back in the Gemara, Reish Lakish said, he says the reason we don't fast on Sunday because of the, it's because of the loss of the, the extra neshama that we have from Shabbat. and here's the famous idea: A person receives a neshama yitera on erev Shabbat, but Motzei Shabbat and Motzei Shabbos is taken away. Shneimar just says Shabbat ve'nafash, keben she Shabbat vay avda nafesh. Right? Shabbat ve'nafash. The pasuk says once Shabbat, uh, once he's already had Shabbat, like whoa. To him, that he's lost this extra nefesh. Okay, so this is a, this is a, probably the main source, the idea of neshama yotera on Shabbat. Okay, it's a nice little uh, thing to remember. Okay, Bayom Harishon Breshit Vayhirakia. Okay, so on the first day we said you read about you read the, the first section of Breshit, and then also the second day Vayhirakia. Okay, so Gemara wants to explain this, and this is actually much more of a halachic discussion. Tana, no, unusual for this second. Tana, Breshit Bishnayim, the paragraph of Breshit should be, is read with two aliyot. Yehirakiyah be'echad, and Yehirakiyah gets one aliyah. So Gemara asks, Bishlama, if you, when, we, uh, when we learn Megillah, or if you've learned Megillah, so this, this maybe sounds a little familiar. Uh, that's why these, these, uh, these discussions about Kriyat Torah are, are discussed primarily. So it says, Bishlama Yehirakia Be'echad. It makes sense that the, the section of Yehirakia should be read with Manaliyah Tlat Habu. It's three Psukim. Okay, and the halacha is that you read an Aliyah of no less than three Psukim. Ela Breshit Bishnaim Maitama. But why would it be that you read Breshit with two Aliyahs? Hei Psukim Havin. It's five Psukim. Utnan, that we learn, or Tanya, Hakoreba Torah, Al Yitchom Migimel Psukim. Somebody who reads the Torah shouldn't have fewer than three Psukim. So five doesn't break down very well. It'd be three and two, or two and three, but either way you get stuck with an Aliyah that's fewer than three. So two answers. Rav Amar Doleg, Ushmul Omer Posek. Rav says we're Doleg. Now Doleg literally means skip, but what it really means is you repeat. That you do three Psukim, and then you repeat the third one, and you do the next two. Okay? It's very similar to what we do on Rosh Hashanah. Of the first two aliyahs, at least most of the way we we uh, we learn, is you did the first the first aliyah is three psukim, and the second aliyah you start you know by the second time, and you do the next thing. Okay, Shmuel or pasuk Shmuel says you actually divide the third pasuk in half, and you read only half of the third pasuk. You stop, and then the second aliyah you start with the second half of the third pasuk. So each each aliyah gets three psukim, albeit not three complete psukim. Okay. 
So Gemara says as follows: For Rav Amar Doleg, and Rav who says that you repeat, my Tama Lo Amar Posek. So why doesn't he think you should stop in the middle of the pasuk the way Shmuel says? Kasavar he holds Kob Suka Dulo Paske Moshe Anan Lo Paskinan. That any pasuk that Moshe didn't sort of stop, we don't uh, we don't do it ourselves. Meaning oh, Paskinan like we won't interrupt either. So meaning he feels it's an idea that you have to have complete sukin, and that you can't stop in the middle of a pasuk. If Moshe didn't stop, you can't stop as well. This is an interesting halachic discussion for other issues. But this, uh, this comes up in other things in terms of like having partial psukim, let's say like on, in, in Sfarim, or having partial psukim, let's say on like a memorial wall or something like that. There's all different questions about things like that. Ushmul Amar Poseik. Shmuel says Poseik, that we stop in the middle. Where it says, Rabbi Paskinan, can we really do this? Rabbi Chanina, the Kara, he's called the Kara, I think because he was an expert in, he was an expert in, 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 in uh, uh, Tanakh. And also, he taught children Tanakh, I think. So he said, Tsar Gadol Hayali Eitzel Rabbi Chanina Hagadol. I had a great pain by Rabbi Chanina Hagadol. Velo he tearly leaves soak, Ella Litinoko shall be Rabban. So he only allowed me to interrupt a Pasuk for the children that I would teach, the, 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 young, the young students. Ho'il Ulahitlamaid Asuyin. Because it's for teaching them. Meaning that, uh, generally speaking, if you want to just read a pasuk, you have to really read the whole pasuk. That's what Rabbi Chanina uh, Hagadol told him. And the only exception is if you're teaching kids, so they can't handle a bubble time. Sometimes you have to like teach them partial pasukim so they can understand what's going on. I guess I would say a similar, a similar halach would be probably like the issue, like you can't say a bracha for no reason. Right? But if you're teaching children how to say brachot, then you're allowed to say Hashem's name to teach them how to say brachot. Right? Because you don't want to teach them the improper way. So then you're allowed to. You're allowed to do that. Okay. Um, so now, what's he saying here? Excuse me. Ushmuel. Uh, fine, so that's what he's saying there. So that's why Shmuel says... Um, oh, so excuse me. So we're asking, uh, why are you able to interrupt the psukim? After all... Uh, we just said that Rabbi Chanina Kara told us that you're not allowed to interrupt Sukim um, unless it's for Tino Kosha Beit Rabban. And this is clearly not for Tino Kosha Beit Rabban. So, uh, so he says like this, Ushmuel, so what would Shmuel say? Hatam time am I there? What's the reason you're allowed to interrupt the Sukim for the children? Is Mishum de Shar because it's impossible otherwise. Right? Like you, that's the only way you can teach them. Hachanami lo Shar. Here too, there's no other, it's not, there's no other possibility. Meaning, we're stuck. We have five sukim. We have to have two aliyahs. What are you going to do? So, we're stuck. So, you got to interrupt it. And that's an exception to the rule. What's that? How is the splitting that for the children? For the children, let's say, like, the whole pasuk is very hard. So, you have to teach the children the, the chunks no, of the pasuk. Was... No, it's not for children. He's saying that the, the, the children is a model of a situation which is, is an impossible circumstance. I mean, you can't do it otherwise. If you're going to require me to teach a whole pasuk to the kids, can't do it. Can't teach kids like that. Here, too... It's another model of not for kids, but it's another situation where it's impossible. Like, I'm stuck. I don't know. I'm stuck behind a, between a rock and a hard place. I have to have two psukim. I have to have two aliyahs. I only have five psukim. What do you want me to do? So this is the only possibility. So Gemara says, okay, well, it's not really the only possibility because Rob also had a possibility of repeating the psukim. So Gemara asks, Shmuel Amar Poseik, my time alone Amar Doleg. So he's saying, why wouldn't you say Doleg then? Why don't you just have the repeated pasuk? So he says, Gzeira Mishum HaNichlasim, Ugzeira Mishum HaYotzim. It's a Gzeira, both for those who enter Shul and those who leave Shul. What do you mean by that? It means that people would come into Shul late and see that we started the second Aliyah at the third Pasuk, with the way Rav recommends, what assumption they're going to make that the first Aliyah was only two Psukim. 
And that's bad because it's not true. It's not really the halasa. So it would be a mistake. The reverse is also true. Let's say a person would leave after the first aliyah. He'd say the first aliyah, everyone knows you, can, you, you have to stop the aliyah at like the break. So they see the first aliyah, there's only two pasukim left in this, in this, par- in this parshia. They say, oh, okay, next, the next aliyah is only going to be two pasukim. And that's also a mistake. So Shemot says the way you prevent standing is by starting from the, starting the third pasuk and stopping. So everyone says, hey, and both the person who comes in late gets half of the, first, the third pasuk and the next two. And the person who leaves early also got first two and also half of the next one. So you, you avoid that problem. Okay, so that's always a question of the, you know, the hierarchy of values here about uh, not interrupting pasukim. On the other hand, the concern for the uh, yotzim and the uh, nechlesim. If they're coming in late, why, like, how much do you care about what they will assume? It's a good question, but right, so, that's, right, so I always wonder, like, it's very interesting, like, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I say, for instance, like if I, yeah, let's say like sometimes you're in a rush at shul and you realize like you have to leave early, but it's a, it's a landing day, so you really want to leave before you hear landing, right? But then sometimes I think about this gemara and I think, oh, well, I guess the assumption was that there were going to be people who would be leaving early, you know? Uh, but yeah, I guess it is. We're concerned. I mean, I guess we want people to have a proper impression, and, and the real, uh, reality is, people come late sometimes, and people have to leave early sometimes, and that's how it is. So we have to be concerned. You're right. It's not. Uh, it's probably a good lesson about like how you think about policy, right? You don't only think about policy for the people who are doing everything 100% right. right. You think about policy for people, so maybe it's not perfect. They're also part of the community. It's a great question. Okay, Mark says, made today, we have a kushia. Parsha shal shisha psukim korinotah bishnayim uh, so if you have a parsha of six psukim you read in two aliyahs. Bishal chamisha if you have five psukim um, I think the Bach says here, you just say one second, shal chamisha psukim Harishon Korei. Forget the word Biachid Biim. Okay, Vishal Chamisha Psukim. Harishon Korei Gimel. The first person reads three Psukim. Hashini Korei Shnayim Biparsha Zo. Vechami Parsha Cheret. So this recommendation is if you have two Psukim left in the Parsha Ya, the second Lily should read two Psukim from that one and one Pazak from the next one. Vayeshamim Gimel. And some say three psukim from the next one. And some say you have to go three psukim into the next parshia because you're also not supposed to start the parshia fewer than three psukim from the beginning. Okay. Now the Gemara says based on that, according to the opinion that says doleg, which was rab lidlog, just do the repetition thing the way we just recommended. Why do you have to go into the next parshia? And according to Shmuel, it said you can interrupt the stop in the middle of pasuk. So do that. So why is this bright? This bright that seems to be telling us um, exactly not what we just recommended. So they seem to both be wrong. Our answer is Shani Hatam It's different over there because they have the space. Meaning, in that certain circumstance, what the bright is talking about there is a situation where you're going to continue to lane and, and, and lane more things. So then, if you're stuck with the five. Uh, pasuk parshia, you can extend it into the next parshia because you're going to keep leading anyways. But in our circumstance, we're limiting our kriya to those five, to those five, uh, uh, to breshit and then yirakia. So we're stopping there. We're not going to extend beyond those five sukim, right? So in that situation, so basically at that point, we can't, uh, or those eight sukim total. So we're not expanding beyond that, and therefore we have to come up with a different solution. So that so I think if you go with the one pasuk that is correct I think that's why the three, the three, that's the reason for the three pasuk person I think. I'm saying like if you like, do the thing where you go uh, into the next aliyah. Yeah, but they're not gonna, yeah but they're not going to think that the spacing is problem oh because of the two psukim you're saying you mean you stopped the first the, the first three you're saying and then you had two more to go. So people will think that you messed up. So I would say one of two things. Either, 
okay, so that's not really concern for Shmuel's thing. Maybe there's more concern for Rob's thing, whatever that could be. Um, or two, um, maybe because there's extra laning that's going to be continuing, people won't necessarily make those assumptions. I guess that's a possibility. Although, I think the first answer is better because I think in the Gila, we're, we, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we are concerned for that thing. That's what we're worried about. Okay? Shabbat